Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Bijou Podcasts. Hello and welcome to hashtag couple goals question mark. I am Ben Jenkins. And I'm Stacey June. We are a married couple uh, talking about our journey uh, through parenting, fertility, uh, the quote-unquote unnatural way. Um, the We were just deciding whether we would chat about parenting in a pandemic or fertility treatment in a pandemic. This podcast has really been a bit of a mesh of whatever it is we are wanting to talk about at the time that we actually are able to record it, which is quite rare. Yeah. Um, it's not easy to find the time to And uh, both of those things chat. are probably just as important to discuss today. But since many of you, uh, I, I think there's just a ridiculous amount of content around parenting in a pandemic. And whilst I believe that we all have unique takes, I think you probably, a few of you, if you have followed along and are on the TTC journey, um, that and I will link in the bio actually or in the show description my my very uh, I would like to say funny article I wrote I don't even know if it's up anywhere anymore because 10 daily folded but it was all of the abbreviations oh, yeah, around fertility treatment because it's yeah. like TTC what the f is that but trying to conceive I think many of you have followed us um, and may still be on that journey so uh, an update from that perspective seems like uh, the most way we can be of service today, mm. more, I would think. More three-letter and acronyms or three-letter acronyms than a marketing department. Thanks. Now, <laughs> if you have listened to... Comments from Supercoach. ...Ben's um, other podcast, because as if this family needs any more podcasts. We do like to talk, don't we? Yes. And we've had to work on that in our social life. We come home from social events... And we kind of have to remind ourselves to really actively listen because we're both people that have a lot to say. Yeah. And I think, do you know, do you realize that? Like, yeah, we were, yeah. We were talking about pet peeves the other day, and Ben loves a long story. And if I hear him <laughs> tell someone, like our friend or like my friend's partners and stuff, the long winded version of a story, I just die inside. Even if you, it's even probably if, some of my shit too. Like, I'm, you know, we all know I don't shut up as well. Even if it's in the background, you'll yell out, going, Are you telling that story again? I try and just use it as a reminder, like, Have you asked that person about their day at all? And also, <laughs> that's a good point, though. I, I, I always have to be reminded. You're of very that. passionate about yeah. what you speak of. It's not that you don't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, we're the same like that, Ben, and that's half the reason we butt heads all of the time. Yeah, we're yeah. very similar, very different people, very similar. Um, but I do feel I try at least to have it in check, and I often try and control your version of that. Anyway, the point is, um, what was the point? <laughs> well, you started going from the tangent talking about the oh, three-letter right. acronym. Mental. No, I was talking about oh, mental. mental. Yeah, yeah. Your new podcast, uh, or not new, sorry, the pod- the latest podcast that we've launched out of this family. Yeah. Uh, and you, you know, I have, to, I, it's, I'm ashamed to admit, but I haven't listened to the, all of the episodes in yeah. full. Um, and I listened to one the other day and you have a podcast voice. 
Yeah. I don't think I realised. Oh, one of them. I don't know. The latest. Oh, okay. We'll link the podcast in the show notes also. If you haven't heard it, it's a brilliant listen. For those of you that may have partners that are looking for more content that Ben uh, advocates for and creates, um, it's a really great podcast to listen to. But I have noticed that you have a voice. Mm. I think that's just being exposed over, you know, 20 years or so in the media industry to um, presenters and just kind of naturally... But you live with one and there's, there could be nothing further yeah. from a vo- like a put-on voice from me, right? No. No. Probably I listen to a lot of podcasts as well. So, yeah, it's just like osmosis. I've absorbed that style and that persona, I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. I get asked a lot about the difference between me online or me offline And I very proudly can say that apart from them being very two different environments, and I've had to kind of explain that recently. No, not explain that, but I've experienced people struggling around me with that recently. Yeah. That it's actually not about me being a different person, but they are different environments and I'm doing different things in them, right? Like it's a workplace for me. Yeah. Um, but, you yeah, know, what you see is what you get. I just share some stuff on there that I might not share in my personal life. I'm not going to walk around telling everybody how to be, like, non like less anxious and to back themselves in my everyday life. Like, yeah. I'm sure I do if they ask, but do you know what I mean? Well, it's course, focused. I'm not going to be a it's coach, focused. you know. It's focused. When, so when you're doing that and when you are talking about something, you're focused. Mm. And you are just have a direct tone about what you what you're talking about. Can I do a bit of a plug? Actually, I just yeah. thought something. Um, just some housekeeping stuff before we get into this. Obviously, um, we have a couple of things I want to talk about before we get into the actual fertility stuff. We're thinking about renaming this podcast. We might do a poll somewhere. I don't know, maybe on my own Instagram or your Instagram. Yeah. Um, to Bijou Baby because we feel like it's not really couple stuff, and I'd love to yeah. know what people thought. Do you think we should change it? I feel like couple goals was kind of cute and funny at the start, but now I feel a bit cringy with it. Yeah. Do yeah. you? Uh, yeah. Well, it's very much it's taken a real turn. But I think I think when we were start when we started the podcast and what we were going through, you know, trying to conceive, um, we re- we really were about couple goals for us as oh, a couple yeah, and what true. we were going through at the time. we didn't have Brin, so we couldn't call it a baby podcast if we didn't even know no, we were going to have but we were him. also all about supporting each other through that journey, yeah. which was couple goals. You yeah, know, right. that's, that's exactly what it was. Well, it's about. evolving, and I do think that it's good to have it as a real kind of uh, fo- like clear focus. Yeah. I think so many of our other projects are so big and um, vast that it's nice to have this and know that when you come to the mic, these are the kinds of conversations you're going to get, i.e. that's how we made that decision. Yeah. Maybe we get to the end of this season and if we're still going, then we can we can keep going. kick it off under a new name. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but the other thing I wanted to share was um, I do offer one-on-one coaching with lots of um, different types of people. And one thing that I haven't necessarily launched as a specific product or doing anything in particular, because I do feel like a lot of the things I offer fall under very different hats or very many different kinds of places that people find themselves in their lives. But I've started to take on or people have found me um, a lot more... Uh, women in particular that are going through fertility treatment. So I just wanted to open that up and just say that if you are somebody that listens to this podcast and you are looking to potentially do some coaching or have some extra support that is specified to your experience, um, that my one-on-one coaching can be tailored to that uh, because two things, 
firstly, I wasn't 100% sure that was good for me personally in terms of my work and then my personal life. But secondly, um, it's kind of come to me and I found it very therapeutic and incredibly, I just feel like I have a fuckload to offer in that department. So if that's something that um, you feel called to do, then yeah, find me on Insta and DM or um, support at stacyjune.com. Yeah. I know, a bit of a shameless plug, but I also no, felt like plug. maybe you guys might be interested in, um, instead of these podcasts being every four months, yeah. you might be interested in doing some more intense work because I do have some spots available towards the end of the I year. I think it's all about helping. And that's the thing. This podcast is there to help people on, on their journeys trying to conceive or even parenting or just feeling like they need a couple of familiar voices in their ears to get them through their day to talk about life stuff. And your coaching is exactly the same. It's we also have some really exciting news like that we're kind of um, discussing. And I know it's a, such a wank when people do that. You know, we've got this news we can't tell you. Mm. But these types of conversations and your interest in this podcast has really shown us to direct our energy into the work that we do to be much more um, service-led and trying to, you know, I get an idea of what people want from us without necessarily feeling like you're do, you know, running a career based on other people's wants for you, but more how we can help yeah. in a more direct way. And the listens on this podcast, or at least the interest in it, has always been quite strong considering there's no consistency, there's no real kind of traditional podcast measuring system with this, but there's a real tight community. So um, yeah. we have kept this part of our journey and this, I guess, the potential work we can do in this space quite open. Um, and so some interesting developments might come out from that perspective in the next few months. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see. That's exciting. Very mm. exciting. Mm. Um, okay. So what are we talking about today? Well, I think I've rambled so much because I'm avoiding this. Com- like, yeah. I yeah. just think I've just said all that shit because... We're talking about uh, fertility where we are, where we are on our journey. Yeah, which is is fertility and trying to conceive the way we need to in a pandemic. Um, It's just also so hard to not talk about anything political, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so hard. We don't have to talk about anything political. I know, but that's what I'm saying. It's really hard to not get into the ins and outs because when you actually involve New South Wales and Melbourne, like Sydney and Melbourne, as two yeah. separate parts of our conversation. Yeah. There's two separate whole worlds going on within them and they are in us. You know, it's really challenging. Yeah, and we can, that's what we'll talk about. Yeah. We'll talk about the two worlds. We'll begin. We have we have our feet in two camps. Yeah. And but we've spoken about that in the last yeah, podcast, yeah, yeah. right? But, but we didn't give an update on what's happening and when we're at, so... Since the last uh, time we spoke, I think we've had a we've had a couple more IUI attempts, um, both of which were unsuccessful, and another attempt um, that we couldn't go ahead with. So that was one of the two that Ben spoke. Oh of. yeah, okay, yeah. that was two. So we did. Yeah, yeah it was well, just the, the two. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we had two more from Since the last, last time. Spoke. Yeah. yeah. Um, and look to break it down for you all. Um, the last time was just on the precipice of Sydney's uh, outbreak. Of course, at the time, we were not aware. We had some ideas that cases had started popping up a little bit, but, you know, Sydney has had that. Like, they've kind of had this 
seems like a bit of a simmer in terms of COVID. Everybody, yeah. we all had the same lockdowns and then they've had their bigger outbreaks like around Christmas, but it did feel like um, they were contained in certain parts of Sydney. So it didn't feel yeah. like the greater Sydney, everybody yeah, yeah, was yeah. locked down. Whereas this started to kind of pop up in areas that we knew that we, we lived live in, in yeah. um, that our hospital is based in um, and still do live in when we are in Sydney. Yeah. So... But having said that, we two things about this particular IUI attempt that were different. The first point was, yes, it was starting to become clear that Ben and Bryn and I were in Melbourne at the time when we were trying our attempts. The second part to this picture, whereas the last time we were in Sydney already, the second part of this picture was that we, for the very first time ever, and I think this is a really important part of the conversation in this fertility trying. We decided to do a immediate um, attempt after the last failed one. Back to back. Now, we've never done a back to back. You guys may have done a fuckload and I don't know how anyone survives that yeah. long term. But we decided and felt very comfortable and confident that we were disappointed, but we'd just do another round and then see how we landed. Because I think we both knew eventually there is an impending IVF conversation coming and we thought, well, we may as well give it a go. But in the past, to be fair, I've checked in with my gut and I've often, I've really found those negative um, pregnancy tests so devastating and... I'm a big believer in giving your body the chance to heal. And for those of you that are new to this process, um, um, many of you I'm sure aren't, you literally are injecting yourself three days after you got your period to start the next round, right? So my injection started on day four of my cycle. I get my period on day one. Sometimes it's like just a bit of a tease. You're not even sure if it's a natural period or you're spotting. And then day two, you know, blah, 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 blah. So then by day four, you're injecting again. Yeah. So those were the two major differences in this final round that we've done or the last round that we've done. Um, and so I'm just going to spin with, keep going through yeah. with this experience because I do feel like it is very much mine. Yeah, um, yeah. And I'll explain, you'll you'll know more why I feel that in a second. But essentially, you I were, was- You were at ground zero. Well, I was by myself because I was the one that had to travel in the end. We made yeah. obviously a decision that Bryn and Ben would not be coming with me when those numbers started to creep up. But there was also not necessarily a discussion had around me definitely going because we weren't really sure of what was going on and how it panned out. But I was injecting and on a on a treatment plan, right? Like yeah. it's not like I um, knew when we started injecting that this is going to happen and we all know how quickly this moves. So... On the Tuesday, I decided instead of moving um, us all to Sydney, that I we would stay in Melbourne, that the family would stay in Melbourne, and that I would go for the day on Tuesday. At that point, it was still looking like things were bubbling up, but I could go I could go up and um, and get my test and still have time. If you know, we kind of just figured everything out as we went. By Wednesday, it started to look like it was getting a bit more serious. Yeah. And it's really difficult because when it is looking more serious, like everybody in the world, you're just constantly guessing, you know, like you don't really know what to do. Not to mention 
there's all of the public pressure that is put on you to make decisions like this. Like the politicians really do put pressure on people. Like if you do this, you are putting everyone else in jeopardy or, you know, danger. And whilst I completely accept that, um, you know, you still have to deal with it. You still have to 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 make decisions when you've been injecting things in your body and you're in the process of medical procedure, right? Like it's not that simple to just, Bow and and it's so just to just to add something in there, like this is you know in this time we also didn't know when we could ever go back. No, our no. sperm is in another state at this point. That's right, that's right. But the mental load is, and people talk about us all the time, and lots of people don't talk about it enough. But um, the fact that our mental loads are just so much heavier in this time because we have so much more to think about during our day to day lives, um, while you were doing this as well you know, going through a fertility uh, treatment, which is so mentally uh, all-encompassing in itself, adding on top of that, the whole thing about whether you had to worry about, you know, doing the right thing or getting COVID, were you going to get sick? Am I going to get someone else sick? Um, am I gonna Should have, I even go? Should like... I even go? You know, I'm going to have to suffer the consequences of, you know, having to isolate for periods of time. Uh, well, just... at that point, we didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. It's just a double, double yeah. mental load, a heavy... A double heavy mental load. And it's really big, you know, like at this point you also are facing with the realities of why you're doing fertility treatment in the first place. On this Wednesday was a very, um, yeah, it's a hard, this is hard to talk about. Like it was a very, um, it was a very impactful day because I actually feel like that day was a day where Ben and I really disconnected through the next month or so. It was very hard um, because Ben very much felt like, he wouldn't have gone if he was me and that was hard to accept. And also he f- was kind of, I don't know if you, this is how it felt. I'm not going to say what your experience was, but it felt like you had started to shut me out because yeah. what we discovered later was watching me go through this became very hard for him because at the end of the day, there's a lot of shame and guilt around why we're doing this because of Ben's cancer and what, you know, what that looked like for you, but I'll let you share yeah. that in a sec. Yeah. But, you know, so this Wednesday was already becoming tense, right? We were like having to make decisions and I felt very alone in it. You kind of put your head in work a bit and I think you weren't really confident to say that, you you know, don't go in a way because you did not want to get in the way of me doing that either. Yeah. So I felt like you kind of shut down, but I understand why you did that to try and give me support to make my own decision, but it just felt very isolating in the end. So I went, I went on the Thursday as I was in my appointment. Um, we'd already decided to drop my dose. So we'd upped my dose this round as well. And by the Wednesday I'd been told to drop my dose because, uh, potentially, um, I was growing too many, uh, follicles, um, and that we needed to pull it back. So now I just look back and think, fucking hell, I should have just not gone. Like, but yeah. there's nothing you can do. And also, as my girlfriend said, you're in your IU, IUI or IVF bubble, right? There's like you literally, as a woman, I don't know if you feel this, Ben, but you're so fucking focused on that, like that end goal of getting out of this time and yeah. getting into the weight. Like, it's really hard. You just stay very kind of um, almost deluded in a way. Like you cannot see anything else. I, yeah, I know, and what, I know what you mean. I couldn't. It was just the only thing I could focus on. 
And I didn't realize that at the time. Like I've learned that now. But at the time I thought I was able to see everything. Yeah. And now I look back and I was like, I couldn't. I could only see one thing. Yeah. So I went Thursday morning with Ben and Bryn and I left them behind in Melbourne thinking I would come back a couple days later and ha- after I had this test, um, got my results, uh, stayed in a hotel, didn't see friends, didn't see anybody, stayed near the hospital. Just, you know, at this time, no one was in restrictions or anything. I just was going to try and do the best I could to Stay be away. as safe as I could. It was like a mission impossible. Yeah. I literally didn't want to put anyone else in um, trouble. I didn't want to put it myself or, or anyone in Melbourne, blah, 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 blah. Hmm. So... But no one was in lockdown. Like, let me get that straight. I wasn't kind of heading into a lockdown. There was no restrictions really at this point. Masks had started to come in. But it was. But the numbers, if you're in Melbourne, the city would have been in lockdown. So it was tricky because my friends were like, shit, have you seen their numbers? Melbourne would have probably been in a hard lockdown yeah. by that point. Yeah. But Sydney was not. It was legal for me to go. So yeah. it was hard because, as I was saying earlier, the two states are living two completely different approaches here. Yeah. Um, and so I went, and even, even at this stage with the numbers oh, that we're now, at here, that we're, you know, we're here, we're here in the, in the middle of all the 20th of we're August. We're in Melbourne right now. Yeah. And the numbers in Sydney are like over 600. So they still, you know, they have changed and they're looking at different but things, they, but they have a very different approach still. Parks yeah. are still open. Parks are still open. Yeah. You can still go to the playground. <laughs> you can yeah. go to Officeworks too. One of my, um, yeah. so my yeah. membership members told me the other day. Um, anyway, so I went and then in the middle of the appointment, um, it became clear that they had, well, I shouldn't say they, but um, I had been overstimulated. Mm. Uh, So basically I had three, almost four follicles over 50 millimeters uh, and it is procedure for this particular public hospital uh, to cancel the entire thing. (laughs) Yeah, for fear of having... Too many kids. Too many multiples. kids. Tri- triplets, basically. Yeah. So then I came out and was absolutely gutted. And I came out to learn that um, a man who had attended a particular party um, had traveled to Melbourne. And Melbourne was now declaring instantly, which I had understood was, I think, Friday night at um, midnight. Yeah. Whereas this was Thursday at this point, I decided to go. Um, thinking I'd be back well and truly by then. Um, uh, they declared Sydney an instant red zone, so I had to come back immediately and quarantine for 14 days. Yeah, which was very hard. So, yeah, it was like a miscarriage for me. I definitely felt a very severe loss and grief that was very, very, very hard. Like I thought a miscarriage was hard to articulate and for anybody to understand the grief when it wasn't, in inverted commas, a human side baby. But this was like a whole other level. Like I I think the double trying really fucked with me too because it was like I hadn't really grieved the last one. So then I had double grief. I had a quarantine situation. I had a pretty um, unhappy marriage, to be fair. We were both pretty – we both found it very hard um, – and I was grieving horrifically. I felt like I had had the most insane loss um, and my body really shut down. I didn't get my period for, goodness me, almost two weeks after my due date. So my body was just completely amped up on hormones and very unsure of what had happened. 
thank goodness eventually I did get my period and it did feel like I shed an entire experience out with it and it felt very, very um, symbolic and very emotional and very, yeah, very somatic in all of that, even though there wasn't like a fetus or there wasn't something that I was actually losing physically. It, yeah, it was like a long amount of hope and just different um different dreams and different expectations put into this round because I think moving into IVF it is a very big or potentially the conversation around that it's a very big grief to this idea I've had which is trying to fall pregnant as naturally as possible uh it just feels like a step away from that and then it also feels like a step closer to the end which may mean that we may never get another baby because IVF is that step closer to it may not working at all and then yeah. we've run out of options, you know what I mean? So it just, it was very loaded for me and um, I had a lot of therapy and had to work through a lot. Um, I felt like friends didn't quite understand. I felt like I couldn't, there was just no way for anybody to really understand what I was going through and no. I was all alone in my house. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. And I think we got we got very, well, I, I think I did. We got very caught up in, in something that I we both know that you can't sort of change, and that's timing. You know, when it's right, when it's the right time, it's the right time. And I know for me, I was like, we've got to get this couple of couple of um couple of attempts in before shit gets real and um and Sydney goes into a into a lockdown and you know that was a little while ago now and it's only gotten to where we are here today but um yeah when I look back I was kind of I think I was telling myself I was hopeful rather than feeling hopeful. That's so true. You know, and it was like, yeah, I know, okay, I know exactly what. This you is going to work. This is going to work. It, it's going to work for mm. sure. It's going to work for sure. Mm. Um, and then I'm mm. not surprised that you know yeah. that it didn't mm. because there's there was so much stress going on at the time. It just wasn't. I feel like we were just trying to force it to happen when it wasn't meant to happen just yet. And look, we've got a got to fall back on that and go fall back on what we believe and that is trusting in the timing and right now isn't the time it's uh as as frustrating frustrating as it is because it's a and regardless of what that reason is whether it doesn't work with your attempts whether it's because of a pandemic what you know like it's interesting because yeah sometimes it helps for you to believe that it's about timing but you're trying everything yeah it doesn't matter if you're trying or not timing does it's the same thing you know what i mean yeah and look, that the, it is frustrating that that timing is what it is because of you know government decisions, and I'm not going to go into that here. They, it is what it is, um, but that's where we are here. Um, 
unable to get across the border where our sperm is, where our doctors are, where the people we trust are. Not to say we don't trust people here in Melbourne yet because we haven't had much of an experience of, of well, we can't get in. the so, system here yet. Yeah. It's very different from Sydney and, you know, without, you know, I'm not sounding demeaning or derogatory, but it's a little bit further behind here in Melbourne than it is in Sydney. Um, well, that's just a fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't actually have any kind of... Um, any kind of support for cancer patients, like, and that's just happens to be our specific case, you know, yeah. like we can't choose to be polite about it. That's just a fucking fact. Yeah, they, yeah. We have a program that we're in that has looked at us with some form of, um, what's the word? Ex- not exemptions. Um, I don't know what's the special consideration yeah, yeah. because Sydney, yeah. we're doing fertility treatment because of cancer. Now I'm yeah. not saying that that is how it should be or shouldn't, but that is what is on offer yeah. to us there. Well, and it, it is just not on offer here. Meant to be for us there. You know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, right now, you know, that's it. We're, we're, we're kind of stuck. We're very hamstrung. I think we were both very hopeful that something was going to happen when it did start and it kicked off and it wouldn't be anywhere near as the situation it is as it is right now. But the way that governments are and the way that they act to suppress this virus or try and suppress this virus means that we're basically locked out of New South Wales. If we went there, we wouldn't be able to get back home. So it's a very tough situation. Well, we probably right now. could. We just have to go into quarantine. Yeah, yeah. But, and you know, and we are able, to, we're lucky. I know there's many of you that may not even be able to access fertility treatment. Yeah. We technically can. Yeah. yeah. Um, in a, you know, but we'd have to quarantine with the toddler and, you know, having just already been through a quarantine for a fertility experience, yeah. um, I do not recommend it. So we have to be mindful that in that two-week wait and that conception of a child that you also don't want to be bringing a baby into environments that are that full on, you yeah. know, like, so that's the other thing that you start to kind of lose you start to kind of lose a bit of your value system, right? When you're just kind of winning. Like that's what my girlfriend said. IVF feels like it's a competition with yourself. And the only person that we all lose if we're essentially A, trying to force something, B, trying to control timing, and yeah. C, push up against a, a grain or a force that doesn't feel conducive or juicy of pleasure, love, harmony, um, contentment, Sure, there's angst and excitement and anticipation and anxiety in there, but you can't just have that times 20 billion. You need yeah. to have some form of of the very core things that you hope natural couples have when they have sex and make love and have a baby. You have to try and keep it as close to that as possible. Yeah. And diving straight into a place that's a red zone and then coming back into quarantine, even if we can do it, it's not conducive of any of the things I just said. No, no, no. And it did, you know, afterwards you're kind of wrestling with all of it going, wow, was that just really foolish? What what, what, what were we thinking trying to do that? Like, well, because yeah. then you do see that you are, that you were really pushing hard against something. So you're already pushing hard against the odds to have the baby, um, you know, at the age we are and the way we're doing it already. And then we have another force mm. that we were push against at the same time. Like I said, it's like a double mental load as well. That didn't really help the situation, I bet. Um, I think it's really hard to, when everyone else is going through the pandemic stuff, 
So you're already feeling quite isolated and everyone's feeling like they don't have proper emotional support because everyone is second guessing what they can say because they're so concerned that they're going to look like they're complaining when they're in a privileged position, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So everybody's kind of holding back. So that emotional support's not necessarily there like we thought it would be. Like we moved and, you know, wanted to be in Melbourne, not just so Bryn could... um, Bring could know his family and friends here, uh, but also that we knew that trying for a family for the rest of rest of our lives, whether that was one extra child, two extra children, was always going to be a really hard road, just like it was for Britain. Yeah, and you know, it's it's disheartening to think that we made those decisions to get the support around us. That of course our loved ones are doing their best, you know, but. A couple of things, we're in a lockdown and they've been through a lockdown for the better part of two years, like a year and a half. And the other thing is, I think it's really easy and I don't know if you guys feel this, I think when you are trying for number two or potentially you've been trying for number one for a long time, I think some people just start to assume you get used to it, you know? Yeah. And that's not that's not shitting on anyone. I think it's just assume, well, this is their life, that's pretty tough. Anyway, what are you doing tomorrow? Yeah. You know, it's 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 hard because you – and it's hard for them to gauge how to support you too because you do want to talk about it sometimes, you don't want to talk about it other times. And they're going through a lot of shit at the moment Well, that's themselves. what I said straight up. Like yeah, you can't yeah. have expectation that people can be the best family member or friend that you yeah. would imagine in these times. No, and I want to say that. I don't have that expectation. Yeah. But it just is an extra thing. That makes it hard, you know, that you, yeah, we all probably need support in some ways, but see how I'm going back on my word because that's how we are at the moment. We feel yeah. so guilty to say things because we don't want to offend or upset people that are all struggling too. And so everybody just doesn't speak. Yeah. But if I honestly want to speak, it's fucking hard to not have that support and acknowledgement of how tough it's been in this home yeah, with yeah, this, yeah. you know, yeah. it's hard. Yeah. To not really have people see us and live it with us. I know, yeah. They can't sit with we you don't have and even be with you. Yeah, yeah, or social connection just to have a distraction. Mm-mm. And that's the thing. We were like, you know, came back and then... And you- legally. You can do it illegally. You can sneak around. You can go to each other's houses. But even if you decided to do that, you feel guilty about it. You feel shit about it. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's still not the same. Yeah. There's also, you know, just coming back to it, um, there's, you know, being in isolation like we like we had to be or like you had to be, I was okay. Which, which again is, is... Which is just oh weird. No. So Stace comes back, she has to be in isolation, but I don't have to be. As long um, as we have a separate bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, you're forced to confront um, everything that's going on inside. Like it just comes out. Like you have no distraction, no escape. So then you end up having to start dealing you know with all of that and that's where I was going to come back to the um the you know stuff that came up for me that was really the what you touched on before which was um around my personal experience with my cancer and the shame that um that I have and you know and it's not really in a conscious or at a conscious level until something like this um happens I guess or happened uh, and that was you know I felt the shame around my cancer because it had affected you in that in that time and in that situation and I'd never really had that before and you know even though that happened 10 years ago um, it was like really 
prevalent in that situation when I had really dealt with that a lot in my past, in the part, my past experience. So it was really hard for me seeing that affect you. And then that brought all that back up for me. Um, and ended up, you know, really having to deal with it and ended up having a, a, um, coaching session, which was a coach working on focusing on stuff that's very, not very different, but it is different to that. Um, and it really kind of came up in that session and, and there was a whole bunch of stuff that came up, um, in that next session I had with him after that, but. And that still didn't necessarily, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Move it on either. No, like no, it no. was still kind of, you really, well, I won't say hung on to it cause I think everybody just needs the time they need. But, yeah. um, as I was explaining to you the other night, the hardest thing about these scenarios is, is that. Your experience is my experience. My experience is your experience. So yeah. if you're hanging on to that, then there's no ability for me to be truly heard and seen in my experience. Yeah. And because I was in so much pain, I was not able to see your experience. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it yeah. was, yeah, it was, it's, it, it was really hard. It, and we're just kind of, when I say coming off the back of it, um, you did the coaching, but then we also had to see, um, uh, our therapist, like a couples therapist, yeah, which yeah. to be honest, guys, we should have been seeing the entire time. Yeah. We didn't realize that, but yeah. you know, and having, we, and us being these people is crazy. We yeah. I know. Yeah. We thought we were so much more on top of it than, than we were. It was a situation like this that came up where. Well, I actually think that, sorry to interrupt. I know I keep, but I actually think, I think being on top of it would have meant we were in therapy. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I think not being yeah, in therapy yeah. is the absolute symbol to yeah. tell us yeah. we're not on top of it Yeah, in a way. And I think that's, a, I'm going to get a little bit more, less apologetic about this moving forward. Like I've had to get a bit more clear on this in my personal life. And I think from a professional perspective, I'm scared of what it's going to say to people that aren't in therapy. Yeah. But I ha- I'm going to become a little less yeah, apologetic about the fact that if you're not in therapy, the chances are you are you don't have your shit together. Yeah. Because you're almost avoiding what you need to be dealing with at some point. Yeah, yeah. Ish. I mean, yeah, yeah. a lot of people can do that on their own, but I reckon in this instance, many people. Yeah. Well, would- it wasn't. It wasn't until that session as well. Like you're right. Um, and it wasn't until that session where we had realized that we were both on our own different islands. And I think like what I was coming back to what I was saying before, I think that's what's happening in these times is that people really, you kind of, um, and it's really happened to me or made it clear to me very much with what's happening right now. And that's not just COVID. There's a lot of other stuff going on in the world that you kind of get to the point where your shit is so big that it's just occupies so much space in your in your consciousness that without you even realizing it, you just don't have a lot of room to consider someone else all the time. And then when you're in a situation where you're married and you're a close couple and before you had a lot of time for each other, hmm. that you sit there and go, hang on, your partner goes, hang on, what's going on here? Why are you being so selfish? And it's very hard to see how much impact this um you know, this COVID situation has on everybody, not just us with what we're talking about here and us having to travel back and forth between two cities and how that's been hindered. But for everybody, it's just become a real big elephant 
in their brain. Yeah, and I think couples can still be very different politically, very different from a, um, you know, a, like an approach to this kind of thing. You know, I've had so many conversations where, you know, couples have both have really disagreed with the way with certain rules and then some have agreed and some have been wanting to stretch it here or not stretch it there and others find that really challenging and not, you know, not at all acceptable. So there is a lot also going on in relationships without any of this too, you know. I, it is really a testing time for everybody. Yeah. I think the thing um, just to kind of come full circle with this is that yeah, we absolutely have learned that we sh- we do need to be in therapy regularly, maybe fortnightly at least, um, at least monthly, when we're actually um, actively doing Trying. fertility yeah. treatment. That's a non-negotiable for us now because there's so much to unpack individually that if we don't do it in a place where somebody can professionally help us bring us together in doing that, it can be very hard. The second thing I wanted to say was um, that I really do think that it's very difficult for men to understand a woman's experience in this. Yeah. And again, I think we come from a very conscious relationship, a very modern relationship. You know, I, I was quite surprised at how some traditional stuff, even moving into early parenthood, really stood the test of time. I I felt that there was so much that I wanted Ben to experience and it really was at the cost of Bryn, you know, like I think I didn't ever end up following through, but there were so many things I wanted to do early days when we finally met Bryn that were for Ben. And I, I understood pretty quickly that that may not have necessarily benefited Bryn because Bryn actually needed the mother. And that's not something that can be necessarily equated to as a 50-50 or an even situation. And I think fertility treatment can be very symbolic of this time in that you're both going through it, but really it's the there's only one person somatically experiencing this, physically experiencing this, not to mention how difficult it is to articulate hormones and mood swings. And, you know, it wasn't until I really came out of this horrific grief and kind of was bouncing around the lounge room one night being silly where I, Ben was just looking at me with this smile going, oh, hi, you know, hi. And I was like, Ben, you have to remember through all of this that this is who I am. Not Mm. always. We're going to have bad moods or we're going to have days, but it's pretty, it's a pretty confident assumption that me as a person is incredibly energetic and incredibly positive. That is me on a default. And anything that takes me away from that, it, well, lots of things will take me away from that. That's a default. It doesn't mean that's how I am all of the time. But you can assume that if I am away from that default, something's happened. Something's going on with me. Yeah. Whether that's with my body or whether that's with my emotions, because something happened. Yeah. And I think it's important for everybody to remember this when you go through this for each other, that emotions will start to rise and we can't all take it personally, but in particular dudes really have to yeah. get this this message across that that it isn't personal and I promise you guys what you're feeling is nothing on what we're feeling, yeah. you know, because you don't want to be a bitch at times. You don't want to be broken. You don't want to be the, you know, the um the sad one. 
Yeah. It's yeah. not something you want. No, I know. You don't want to be walking around with grief that you can't explain to people and they don't know how to help you. Yeah. You don't want to be that person. Yeah. So if you're being that person, it's because it is no other choice at that point. And not to feel it isn't helpful either. So I think I really struggled this time with that. I really struggled with obviously Ben processing his own stuff, which absolutely is fair to do. But that really took made my experience a bit of a backseat to him. And I understand now that I can't always put all of my eggs in one basket, which is in Ben, and for him to give me everything I need all the time. And I've learned that. But sometimes it is really hard when your partner's going through something and you really feel like you deserve that full attention and support because your body and yourself have gone through so much. And so I don't I don't have any regrets or blames of the way that we dealt with this, you know. We did our absolute best. But I think I really want that to be a couple takeaways, that therapy is an absolute necessity yeah. and a non-negotiable if we do this again. And also that... um that my experience is very much separate to who I am. Like I'm kind of working through as a little incubator that's being shoved with all this different stuff to grow something that we both gain from. And it's only my body that goes through this, you know? And I feel like in some ways as women, we're so afraid to say, I take priority, put my needs first. It is about me. And I learned that from my birth. I learned that the only way for me to have a successful birth was for me to own that goddess. Everything revolves around me because it is all about me. We do not get told that in life. Men get told that all the fucking time. So, yeah, I just feel like that's that was a big takeaway for me. And I think that's a thing, you know, and and this is... Uh, this is something that, you know, probably very few men are, are at a point with because we do get triggered, um, like everyone does, uh, men and women buy so much of their stuff from their inner child to their inner critic to whatever it is. Like they're all just massive triggers and that's why you end up in arguments because of these things. Um, and there's your, your wounded masculine and your wounded feminine, but, in this time, and I did it during, you know, the birth, is the, is is standing in your masculine masculine strength. Like knowing that you do have to be devoted to the goddess that is your wife in this situation. And when you're conceiving and when you're or when you're going through a birth or something like that, that really does come down to that masculine and feminine that real dynamic. Old school stuff. Yeah. That's why I brought yeah. that up early days, because I think we thought Oh, we're a conscious couple. Yeah. Everything's even. Ben deserves to have as much time with Bryn as me. Or it, That's just not fucking survival. Like You no. can't get in the no. way of actual nature too. At the end of the day, you're feeling stuff, and definitely you in particular, Ben, that has, a, has also had a bodily, physical yeah. element of this situation, even if it was in the past. Yeah. You're going through stuff. I get it. But at the end of the day your body cannot produce this baby. So it's going to actually be in everyone's best interest that the woman feels as stressed as as little stress as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Absolutely. And sometimes it's very hard. And like in this time, as I was saying, like it's all, everything gets so personal in this time. Like you're in your own little bubble. You've got so much shit to think about. Um, yeah, you're, you're, you're so over each other. Yeah, like, yeah. we have just had points where I've just been like, I could barely look at Ben through this time. I was like, I have not got anyone else to look at. And yeah. we're just in this 
so much pain and the only thing we can do is look at it and then to get away from it is looking at the other person who has their own pain. It's yeah. Was yeah. But as blokes, we have to do the work to be able to stand firm in our masculine and and be as strong as we can for our for our woman. It's um and it's you've imperative got to admit that we do that. that. You find that hard. I found it hard, yeah. and in this yeah. time, I it was very hard to do that. I didn't do that. I took a lot for granted in these last couple of attempts. Um, yeah, like how I was saying with friends. I thought I had it on lock, yeah. and and I had it so far off lock. <laughs> we did not have it on lock at all. Yeah. So yeah, I'm very aware of that now. And look, you know, I think to just to kind of round out this conversation, um, we'll still, we'll time will tell if we're going yeah. to have another try here. Like yeah. we don't know what no. the situation is or what will happen. We'll be recording more yeah, of these conversations because we've got we've we've got we've got a beautiful say. beautiful little son who we are both feel incredibly blessed with. Um, and, and you know, th- we want to talk about, about what our life's like with him as well. And that's one of the things well, that yeah, but I we do walked think, away from a little bit. I do think at the moment the focus is this conversation. And I do think we will do another episode on where we are now. I think that's yeah. enough for today as an update. But I think where we are now is a very unique place. And, and what I've come to personally in that place is really, I think, an important conversation to have too, which yeah. I very much feel like was a very integral point to getting to meet Bryn. Um, I don't know what it will bring for us, but I do think this place of really having to look down the lens of some realities of this time, this age, everything that we're looking at in terms of not just what our hopes and dreams are, but potentially what our future holds for us that may look differently to what we had planned. Yeah. So that will be a, a very big and another episode. Um, all right. Well, having said that, I think we can probably close this episode off, eh? Hey, guys, did you hear his voice again? He just put on the voice like the... Was it it's the voice? the top and tail voice. You went into your normal voice as you were telling your story and your take on it. And then I was like, all right, guys. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> that's enough for today. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, it's been a pleasure to have you with us. That voice? <laughs> Uh, a little bit. I was bit. probably just a little, little bit, bit too much. Just yeah, yeah. a little bit. No, no, not too much. Just a voice. Just a voice. Not right or wrong. Uh, thank you so much um, for, yeah, for being here. And if you feel this conversation could help anybody that you know, maybe you're here because you follow my journey or Ben's journey as a separate thing and not necessarily a fertility. You're not necessarily TTCing or trying to conceive. Um, do share it, do find a place for you to put it up there because there may just be one person that you have absolutely no idea is trying and struggling in these times behind the scenes. Um, and I think it's just nice to do that for them, even if you're not aware of who they are. Yeah, It's absolutely. such a private thing, you know, you might not have any idea that someone's yeah. struggling. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very much we have created this so that we can share our story for others to um, feel less alone. Yeah. That's the simple, the simple reason that we, that we have crafted this. Yeah. The only reason, I mean, we kind of had to stop and start this particular episode a few times and I wasn't that keen, you know, it's a, it's a hard conversation. I feel like we're out of this right yeah. now. Um, yeah. but we do it because we do both feel at the very, very bottoms of our heart that these conversations do, um, help heal others yeah. or at least feel, feel a little less alone in that feeling, not to skip feelings, just to feel less alone in them, you know? Yeah. So thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.
This has been another Bijou Podcast production. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.